how many will agree with this choir that he's so amazing. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. My, 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 my. I'm going to ask that every head would be bowed for just a moment. God, we thank you, we honor you for all that you do. We're so grateful for this opportunity to stand before your people and to declare the unsearchable riches of your wonderful word. We know that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Even now, God, I pray that you would speak to me and through me. Not that men and women and boys and girls would marvel over me, but that they may glorify you. We claim victory in this service over every demon, devil, and hindering spirit. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And all the people of God shouted, Amen. Come on, let's give God another hand of praise. To God be the glory for the great things he has done. He has done marvelous things. And we ought to be glad. Are you really glad to be in this place today? I, I don't subscribe to luck. I believe if the rabbit was lucky, he'd have kept his own foot. I subscribe to the providence of God. I believe that God has planned, has scheduled this day, and God gets the glory. I've had an opportunity to be here, three services today, and to be with your great pastor, the man of God, the mouthpiece of God, the angel of this house. Somebody ought to be clapping in Colonial Heights for Pastor Randy. Hon. Come on, give it up for Pastor Han and his lovely wife. Come on, give it up for the first family and his sons. What a blessing. What a blessing to the body of Christ. You know, we probably all have met some individuals who are blessed with gifts. But your pastor is what they talk about in Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11, the Doma gifts. Those are persons who are not only gifted, but are a gift to the body of Christ. Come on, let's clap your hands again for Pastor Hahn and his wonderful staff. I tell you, you all have done an excellent job to make us feel at home. I don't know who's responsible for what took place in the back. But I'll come by next Sunday just to get a chance to go back there. Again, we're grateful Mount Olivet is here. I see you in the audience. I want them to stand very quickly. Mount Olivet is in the house. Thank God for our praise team, dancers, for our singers. And uh, we're grateful for all of our ministers. We have ministers and officers that have been here all day long. 
Thank you for being here with us. Amen. Amen. But also we're blessed to have Princess Pamela McLaughlin. Stand up, Princess. Yeah. That's right. Isn't he wonderful? That's right. Yeah. But also, if she's princess, that makes me what? Prince. Amen. And so I'm glad that we are able to be here today. And it's just been a wonderful day. A lot of times, Pastor, after so many services, people get tired and, and they forget the purpose for being here. Uh, make no mistake, we didn't come to look at hats and hairdos and all those kind of things, but we came to praise and worship the Lord. I want to find out very quickly because I've, I've been impressed with so many things about this place and this facility and this ministry. Uh, but there's one more question I need to ask very quickly. Is there any praise left? That, that's what I need to know. <clears throat> Is there any praise left in here? I mean, I, you might be tired, but you still owe God a praise. You might not be feeling the best, but you still owe God a praise. Come on, let's give God a thunderous. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I just believe if people can clap and holler and jump for the Washington Deadskins, I mean the Redskins, I just know that we can give God a shout in this place. Amen. Amen. We're not going to delay the time. I want to invite your attention to the book of Mark. I preached in the first service from the gospel of Mark, chapter 5. But, but my problem, Pastor, when I preach from a book, another chapter hollers at me and says, say something about me. And so I want to invite your attention today to the, this service, to, to chapter 9. Chapter 9. If you don't mind, if you stand, as we just believe that we ought to reverence the Word of God. If we can stand for the judge entering a courtroom, God's Word deserves to be reverenced. Mark chapter 9 and beginning at verse 22, and it reads, And oft times it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. You may be seated. I want to talk 
today from the subject, It's On You. Turn to somebody nearby and tell them, say, It's On You. <laughs> Amen. It's On You. Jesus is my hero. I hear often people highlight the people in their lives that have impacted them the most. No one even comes close to Jesus. I see Jesus in this account coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. It was a moment that he had spent with Peter, James, and John, members of the inner circle, and allowed them to get a preview or a glimpse of glory. What a scene to see Moses, Elijah, and Jesus caught up. What a scene. Members of the 40-day club. Each one of them had fasted for 40 days. But when the smoke cleared, it was only Jesus. I want you to understand, no matter what you encounter with life, the bottom line, the person that's going to help you through life more than anyone else is Jesus. Peter was so excited, and you know, Peter was an interesting character. He was one that Jesus picked, and I'm, I'm wondering still why he picked Peter. I can understand James and John, but Peter was one who would cut and cuss. Yeah. And yet God had him on the team. And so... They have witnessed this and they wanted to stay up there, but Jesus says, no, we cannot stay here. We have to go back to the valley. The mountain was the ideal place, but the valley is the real place. Sometimes we as churches forget that we can't stay on the mountain because the work is still in the valley. Jesus descends from the mountain, and when he gets there, he finds a crowd of confusion. He meets a mob, basically. They, are, they have cornered his disciples, and Jesus said, what's going on? What's, what's, what, what, what they're questioning my, my disciples about? One thing I've discovered about God, if you're his property, he will defend you. They informed him, one of the persons in the crowd informed him who was a father, a desperate dad, had brought his son who had a problem. And he brought him to see Jesus, but his disciples were there, but they were ineffective. And he informed Jesus of the ineffectiveness of his disciples. And then he also pointed out that the problem that his son was having, it was demonic influence. I don't know your views or your beliefs 
about demons. But I do know that the Bible indicates that when Satan was kicked out of heaven, when Lucifer was kicked out of heaven, a third of the host of angels were kicked out with him. It's almost like if you see one roach, trust me, some others around. <laughs> and so demons are the agents of the enemy. Satan does not possess the attribute of omnipresence. God can be everywhere is everywhere at the same time. And so this boy is not just oppressed. All of us are harassed by the devil. If the devil is not bothering you, you he probably already got you. And, and so, so this boy is not just oppressed, he's possessed by the devil. And the father points this out, that his son is messed up. His son is out of control. Oh, my God. That sounds like so many in our society that are messed up, out of control, out of their mind. And yet this father has come to Jesus for help. He informs Jesus of the things that happened to him. And Jesus expresses his disappointment. How long do I have to be with you? How long must I suffer with you? And then finally, the father comes and says to Jesus in the exchange, Lord, if you, if you can do anything, if you can do anything, if you can just show some compassion, if you can just help my son and me. Because how many know that when a family member is hurting, it hurts more than them? And so he says, if you can do anything, if you can help us any kind of way, do it. And Jesus, to my surprise, did not throw on a prayer cloth and did not put oil on him. But Jesus came back at him with these words. If I can do anything, you, are you talking about me? You, you, you must not have checked your references before you came to me. You, you didn't hear about what happened at Cana of Galilee when, the, when the, they had a wedding and the wine ran out? And I just took some, had them to put some water in the jug and the water turned to wine. You, you must not have heard anything about that woman at the well whose life was messed up, but I turned it around. If I can do it, you must not have heard about me feeding over 5,000 with a boy's 
lunch. And I ain't talking about them anywhere we had today. I'm talking about some sardines and maybe crackers. And yet, you talking about if I can do it? He said, oh, no. It's not on me. It's on you. If you can believe all things. Somebody say all. <laughs> all things are possible. All things can happen if you just believe. And this man came back on Jesus and says, I believe, but help my unbelief. This man has been challenged as we are today to stop shifting the blame on other people and take some responsibility for the things that happen to us in life. Yeah. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. Jesus says, I'm not going to let you put this on me. You have a responsibility because every miracle, he requires your participation. If you want a miracle today, you need to recognize that God expects you to participate. And part of your participation is believing. What can we do then with a society that has embraced the idea that it's easier to blame somebody else than to take responsibility for myself. What is it that we can do? I'm so glad you asked. I've been dying to tell you all morning. <laughs> First of all, I sense that we have to learn how to eliminate excuses. Amen. Touch somebody and say, eliminate excuses. In this, in this, in this, in this story. I see three common excuses being made. One of them is to blame others. And you see it. He has blamed other people all along the way. The disciples were ineffective. The demons influenced. And even had the nerve to drop Jesus in the basket. Blame Jesus for things not going on in their life. That's one way that people do it. Put it on somebody else. Another way is to deny involvement. You see, people say, well, if, if I was not there, then I'm not held accountable. It's almost like even the election that's coming up this year, some people are not going to vote 
but your vote not vote is a vote. Whenever you are involved, you are a part. And so many times, just like this man, he tried to act like he was not involved. You remember in this passage, Jesus asked him a question. How long has he been like this? And I, I missed this for so many years because several times Jesus asked people how long they've been like that. But, but this is what the Spirit dropped in my, in my spirit uh, recently about this passage. Uh, how long has he been like this? In, in other words, he says he's been like this since a child. So you mean to tell me he's been having these kind of problems all this time and you just bringing him to me? It's, it's, it's consistent with the problem with, with rearing children today. Uh, we're trying to rear them when they get grown. You, it's hard to bend a tree when it gets, gets grown. You know that, don't you? You, you, you got you to gotta deal with the child while it's young. Yeah, I'm getting ready to be a grandpa. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully this month we're going to have this grandchild. And they got to bet out that I'm not going to spank the grandchild because it's a girl grandchild. And they got to bet out that I'm not going to spank the child. And right now, Sister Mac is, she's saying it's not going to happen. She got a closet full of child, children clothes already. I don't know who she's going to move in there. But <laughs> I think it's a disservice to your child to let your child act up while they're young and don't correct them. Because there are places that are waiting for them that's not going to give them a break. And so, and so, uh, Jesus says, how long has he been like this? You mean to tell me that you let him be like this all this time, and now you're finally bringing him to me? You, you got some responsibility into it as well. But then the third, third category is the category where you admit, I did it, but... And you know, but is a coordinating conjunction which suggests contrast. So in other words, whatever you said before, after you said but, that means it doesn't really mean make any difference. And so, so he says, listen what he says. Lord, I believe, but help, but, 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 but help my unbelief. Pastor Hahn, I detect that, that he has shifted from blaming others to beating up himself. You, you do know, and, and, and this, is, this is my position, I, I don't believe that God uh, wants me to be guilty, to feel guilty. Uh, he, he wants me to hate the sin, but not hate myself. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. I, I, I believe according to 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 7, he says, godly sorrow worketh repentance. But he also says, the, the sorrow of the world bringeth death. In other words, God does not want you to hate yourself. But he does want you to hate the sin. 
Some of you have not been able to get out of that place of despair because of some mistakes along the way. But you got to realize that God is a forgiver. God is one who will look beyond your mistakes, your faults, your problems, and he'll give you another chance. Don't pay attention to those folk who try to act like they have lived above sin. The only people that live above sin is a person who has an apartment above a sinner. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Touch somebody said eliminate the excuses. But then secondly and lastly we got to learn how to expect the extraordinary. Jesus says your problem is you want me to do everything. But all you have to do is believe all things are possible to them that believe. I'm going to say it again. All things. I checked in Greek, all is all. In Hebrew, all is all. In whatever language you know, all is all. All things are possible. Oh, I wish I had somebody would believe that in right now. In the midst of what you're going through, you believe that with God on your side, nothing is impossible with God. God can do what no one else can do. God can raise the dead. He can unstop the deaf ears. He can build people's lives back up. Those that are torn down, those have been strung out, God can straighten them out. God can turn your life around. I, I don't I don't mean to bother, I don't mean to bother nobody, but can I have a few witnesses here that can testify that I haven't always been what I am now. But since Jesus, the lily of the valley, Jesus, the bright and morning star, Jesus, my kinsman redeemer, Jesus, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, Jesus, my elder brother, Jesus, my intercessor, Jesus, my mediator, Jesus, my wheel in the middle of the wheel. Jesus, my way maker. Jesus, my big brother. Jesus, my savior. Jesus, my sanctifier. Jesus, my healer. Jesus, I love that name. I said I love that name. There's no other name like the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess his name is Jesus. 
Jesus said, all things are possible. He too busy talking about, I believe, but help my unbelief. How do you have unbelief with belief? Well, when you look at that word uh, unbelief, you discover that there is a negative sense and there is a positive sense. The negative sense of that word means faithless. The positive sense of that word means faithfulness. In other words, unfaithfulness. One has to do with belief and the other had to do with behavior. Jesus said, I know your behavior is bad because anybody that had bad beliefs going to have bad behavior. That's why we got to change. We got to change. We got to change our way of thinking. There has to be a paradigm shift because the old school of thinking is that you get folk to behave, then get them to believe, then get them to belong. But the new shift says get them to belong, then get them to believe, then you can get them to behave. Oh, I wish I had time. And, and so in the midst of it, Jesus said, I, listen, I'm, I'm not all concerned about your behavior right now. That's going to come after you really learn how to believe. And when you learn how to believe, you learn that there are levels of believing. You can start believing that he can. But if you could ever get to the point where you can believe that he will. I, somebody holler, I believe. <laughs> I, I believe God can do. But I also believe that he will do. And so you've got to learn how to expect. Ah, God. You got to learn how to expect the extraordinary. I, 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 I'm glad I learned a long time ago that I don't have to have a normal Christian life. That I can have an exciting life. That I can have a life that's not boring. That I can have a life with God that, that wows me. And Jesus says we got to learn really how to expect the extraordinary. Let me tell you something right quickly, and I'm almost through. And that is, if you have a miracle and you can make sense of it, it's probably not a miracle. Every miracle that God gives, it don't make sense. It doesn't make sense to walk on water. It didn't make sense for Shadrach, Meshach, and that bad Negro to go in that fiery furnace. It did not make sense. doesn't make sense but it's a miracle it, it's how God operates and I sense in this room today some miracles on the way oh God I, I, I sense some people that's been believing God that's expecting God to do something special because he's able uh, can I get somebody to holler he's able <laughs> I'm trying to behave myself, Pastor, but I feel like hollering right here because I know what God can do. I know he's a way maker. I know that he's a healer. 
2007, he told my wife that I probably wouldn't make it but five years. And here, this is 2016. I'm still here by the grace of God. Is there anybody else in here? No, if it had not been for the Lord on your side, you would have lost your mind. You would have cut your wrist. You would have found yourself in a hole. But God gave you another chance. Oh, yes, he did. I want Pastor Hahn and Colonial Heights to join me. A young man this past week was shot drive-by in our city. Funerals at our church on yesterday. And my understanding that there's a plan to be a truce meeting tomorrow at my church. Rival gangs and groups coming together said we need to stop the killing. I hope... I hope that the saints will be praying because I know that the effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. It reminds me of this young man who wanted to be a soldier. Do we have any soldiers here? Yeah, let me see your hand if you've been in the armed service. Let's give him a hand. Let's thank God for our soldiers who serve our country. This young man wanted to be a soldier from a young boy. He wanted to be a soldier. And finally got a chance to be a soldier. And one day on the battlefield, the flag was dropped. And the commanding officer said, we need somebody to go out and get the flag. Nobody volunteered until this young man raised his hand, I'll go. I'll go get it. He went out there to get it. But then all of a sudden as he got close, he ran back to the unit. Commanding officer got on him, I mean rode him hard. What's wrong with you? He kept saying, what time is it? Finally, he took off running again. Got the flag, brought it back, and they won the battle. Man and officer said, what, what happened? What, how in the world? Why did you stop the first time? He said, I stopped the first time because I thought about the fact that at 12 o'clock, my home church is praying for me. At 12 o'clock. And I knew that while I was out there, I wasn't fully covered. Because it wasn't 12 o'clock. But when I went back out there, it was 12 o'clock. And I knew, I knew that we were covered because the saints were praying. Colonial Heights Baptist, saints of God, we have a responsibility. It's on us 
to pray for one another, to help one another as we pass along so that our living will not be in vain. I thank God today that I realize that I have a responsibility. God did not save me just to sit around and look cute. God saved me so that I can serve this present age. Let us. Let us pray. Even now, oh God. We realize that we have been guilty. Of shifting the responsibility on others. But it's me. It's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Maybe my brother, maybe my sister, but I know it's me. I thank you for being a God. Who gives another chance. I pray for someone today who. Who's at their wits end. Ready to give up and ready to give out. I pray for a refreshing. A renewal. I pray for overflow. In their life. We believe all things are possible. And we count it done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey folks, let's pray right now about tomorrow. Okay, can we pray about that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you for what's going to happen at Mount Olivet tomorrow as these rival gangs meet this rivalry, this anger that has cost life. And Father, I pray that what happens in your house tomorrow doesn't make sense I pray you will show up there God and you will move and work I pray even now 24 hours before it happens I pray even now you're moving into the hearts and lives of those that need to be there those that should be there and you're preparing them God you're preparing them oh God may we be a people who believe God help our unbelief help our unbelief God Lord this pastor has called us to pray and I pray that wherever we are tomorrow, whatever we'll do, and we'll answer that call. And that we'll cover, we'll cover Pastor McLaughlin, we'll cover his church, and we'll cover that meeting with your prayer. And I pray that that would not just bring reconciliation to those gangs. And Lord, that's, that's what we need. But that, God, I pray that what happens in that moment spreads throughout the whole city. I pray that what happens in that moment spreads throughout the community. I pray that what happens in that moment doesn't make sense. But that there is you but that there is God. To you be all glory. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. Y'all thank Pastor McLaughlin and Mount Olivet for being here today. Hey, let me ask you something. And we've, we've clapped, my hands are almost worn out. I don't know about y'all, I've been here for three services, okay, so I don't feel so sorry for you, all right? My hands are worn out. 
But who believes God is able? Would you applaud him? Would you applaud him if you believe he's able? Now let me, one more question, just one more question and we're done. Do you know somebody right now in your life that doesn't know God is able and sure needs to know that God is able? Let me tell you something, you're the angel. You're the messenger. You go be light in that darkness, all right? You go and carry that message of what God has been for you and what God has done for you. You don't have to answer lots of questions. You just have to talk about who God is in your life and what he's done. You be that for that person this week. Amen? Amen. Hey, listen, if you're here today and you don't know what we're clapping about, you're not sure that God is able, this is all a little bit foreign to you, but you're interested. You want to know something about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. You want to know something about being in his body, connected to his church. As we leave here, folks, there's a big desk right out in the center of the concourse. There are a group of folks standing around that would love to talk to you about how you can begin a relationship with God. How you can become a part of a, of a church family. I sure hope that you'll take time to go out there. It's however much time you want. Two minutes, ten minutes. Go out there and visit with them. They're there for you. And if, like I said earlier, if this is your first time here, you're a guest with us, I hope you'll go out there and tell them this is your first time and they'll share that gift with you uh, this morning. Thank you all so much for being here. Remember, we're praying tomorrow, right? Because we do believe, right? We're praying because we believe. God bless you. You have a great week.